Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, March 12th. Hold kindness in your heart for everyone. Blame nobody for the mistakes he commits. Reflect. All human beings are struggling to find their own way out of the jungle of delusion. The first sentence of this one is so sweet and such an interesting uh, summary of what it is that we are trying to do. Hold kindness in your heart. For everyone, and just that—that just—that in itself is just such an interesting. Well, the word I want to use is such an interesting meditation. What does it mean to hold kindness in your heart for everyone? I mean, we're so inclined to become reactive and irate, and even and angry, and you know, want to stomp out. The things that we don't like, we you know, we go toward others when when they don't please us with all of this um, desire to expunge. And as soon as we're caught up in that, you need to be different. I don't like what you've done. I have to stand up for this. Are we simultaneously holding kindness in our hearts? So um, when someone once asked, and I may have this slightly garbled, but it was close to this. Someone once asked the Dalai Lama of what his primary advice would be to parents raising children. He said, teach them to be kind to small animals, which I thought was a very, I mean, I don't, I don't in itself think it's the only thing that children need to learn. But what he was trying to say is awaken kindness and sympathy in their hearts. And of course, little children may not be able to relate to the greatness of humanity, but you start by training them to look at something that is smaller and helpless and treat it, treat it kindly, respond to it with kindness. Um, every story of every great saint is, uh, there, there's countless stories in their lives of how others that appeared to be dark and negative, the saint would always respond differently. There's a story about in the life of St. Francis when... Um, he, 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 with his monks, they lived exceedingly poor. They had very little that they could share, um, and they, they had to depend on the grace of God. And so one of their small monasteries uh, somewhere in Italy or in Europe, where they were in Italy probably, two ruffians came, and they were well-known brigands who were not good people who, who took advantage of others. And they, it was a, a cold night, and they knocked on the monastery door, and they demanded hospitality. They demanded to be let in. And the monk who was in charge, you know, stood at the door with a, a stick in his hand and, and reprimanded them. How dare you try to take refuge in this house, given the way that you live, and be gone, be gone. And he chased them away and slammed the door in their face. Shortly after, St. Francis himself showed up at the house and, of course, was taken in. And the monk told them about the audacity of these brigands of trying to come into the 
uh, the monastery there. And Francis was also outraged, but he was outraged at the monk for not providing hospitality to those who were in need. And he insisted that that monk go out into the cold night and find those brigands that he had turned away and bring them back to the monastery, which he did. And then Francis welcomed them as brothers because he held kindness in his heart to all. And he saw these poor men who undoubtedly were miserable inside themselves, otherwise they wouldn't be inflicting such misery on others. Anyone who inflicts misery on others is merely expressing the misery they have inside themselves. And even though that misery inflicted on others can be horrific in the effect that it has, it's still less than that energy, the effect of that terrible energy on the person who's expressing it. Because one person is just receiving it, the other, this is actually who they are. And even if in this moment they have the power to inflict rather than being inflicted upon, but it's only a matter of time before all that they have set in motion will come crashing down around them. And, and all the more so, all the misery that they've imposed upon others, they will have to experience for themselves in order to learn forgiveness. Well, the finish of that story is the kindness and the love that Francis held for these brigands was so powerful that their lives were completely transformed. And they became, they joined the monastery and became exemplary Franciscan monks. All because Francis himself refused to see them in any other light but in the light of their goodness. Now, what enabled Francis to see that kind of goodness in others? It was because he was nothing but goodness himself. And when he saw someone behaving badly, he just felt great sympathy for the confusion and the misery that that brought them to that point of evil, and also great compassion for the inevitable suffering they were going to have to go through because of what they'd done. There was a story in the life of of Master, of Paramhansa Yogananda, where a, a... A gunman had been hired, mastered during the Depression years. He often spoke boldly, openly, in public against those who were taking advantage of the situation to become wealthy themselves and to further impoverish people who were helpless. And sometimes Master named names. He actually spoke about those robber barons, or whatever the right words would be, who who were... exploiting the suffering of others to their own advantage. So on more than one occasion, those powerful, wealthy people tried to eliminate Master. I mean, we sort of lose the facts of his life and some of the sort of legends that begin to make him more and more perfect and angelic and sort of want to take away times like this. But Master was outspoken when truth demanded it. So he was uh, confronted by a, a gunman just standing there with the gun who'd been hired to kill him. And Master just looked at him and said, why do you live the way you do? You're not happy. And the, the gunman was completely overcome. 
And, and he, he dropped his gun and ran away. And either on that occasion or another occasion, also a hired assassin said to Master, you know, what have you done to me? I can't, I can't live the way I've been living anymore. And he just dropped his gun and ran away. Because Master saw them for who they were, deep, deep in their hearts. A friend of mine, this was just an act of courage, but it was also an act of kindness. Um, This was when Ananda started his community in Sacramento. The people there purchased an apartment complex that was a bit run down and was the home to, to a number of people who were operating outside the law. And there were some drug dealers and things that were going on there. And gradually or quickly, those people had to be moved out so it could be renovated and made to be part of Ananda. And not all the tenants took kindly to being moved out. One man was exceedingly angry about it, and he actually came in, and Ananda was the uh, Ananda member who's a, a leader of Ananda now. He came into the manager's office where Ananta was sitting. He pulled a loaded gun and stuck it right at Ananta's heart and threatened to shoot him. And Ananta, in his utterly courageous, completely good-spirited way, just opened his arms and said, go ahead and shoot, he said, but you're still going to have to move out. (laughs) Now, I don't think the gunman threw down his gun, and I don't think he was converted to the spiritual path, but, you know, in the face of just, here we are, and there wasn't that an element of kindness. There wasn't anger. There wasn't telling you that you're a terrible person. There wasn't blaming you for your limitations. It's just, I understand how you feel this way, but it's not going to work for you. You know, you're not going to get what you hope to get by doing this. And, of course, the man walked off without shooting. Just like that. Um, There's a man, um, his name is, uh, oh, now I can't remember, but he was the Michael Hebel. And for a long time, he was a a, a chief uh, detective San Francisco Police Department. And he was also a devotee of our path. I mean, he, Mike Hebel goes all the way back to the 60s. I don't even know if he's still in the body. But uh, he was a devotee of this path and a meditator and a very good friend of Swami's. And he was very high in the police department in San Francisco. And he had some experiences that were pretty notable. And one of them was they were chasing some kind of drug dealers through narrow hallways of some tenement hotel and um, he, he found himself, Michael found himself, he sort of turned a corner, and he was, he was face-to-face with a man who had a, a loaded shotgun pointed right at Michael's chest, just right at his chest like this, and looking into the guy's eyes, he was very high on something, and his eyeballs were spinning, and he just did not look normal. And Michael said just in that moment, it was like, this is almost, you know, this could be the end. And he said... He just started concentrating on his breathing because he knew that if you can calm your breathing and if you can center yourself in your breathing, then your consciousness will also come into center. And he also said when telling the story, because he thought it might be his last couple of breaths and he thought he would enjoy them while he still had them. But he just started to breathe. And the more he breathed, the more calm he felt, the more detached from everything he felt, the more unity he felt with all of creation. Now, of course, Michael was a meditator. He was used to being in his breath. 
So he just stood there, he said, he doesn't even know how long it was, just standing in this hall with his loaded gun pointed at his chest and this crazed man with his hand on the trigger. And Michael just let his world just reduce itself down to breath. And then once you're in breath, you're in life force. And once you're in life force, you're in divinity. And when you're in divinity, you're one with all creation, which immediately encompassed this man with the gun standing in front of him. Michael had no agenda. You know, he had no antagonism. He had no fear. He just stood there and breathed, looked at the man just as calmly and as kindly because he, he wasn't angry. He wasn't upset, even if his life was taken away. This was just what was going to happen. And after a time, whatever that time was, Michael couldn't really say afterwards, he said the man just put the gun down and Michael was able to take it from him and the whole situation was diffused. You know, now, in a moment of crisis like that, well, in a moment of crisis, one hopes that one will um, break in that direction. But in order to break like that in a moment of crisis, we have to practice when it's easier. And so we should rest in the heart, just as Swamiji says. We should hold kindness in our hearts for every being. And every time you feel in your heart some kind of small-minded resentment or small-minded criticism or small-minded question about why are they behaving like that, just think, as Swami says, how long it's taken us to learn everything, that we, what little we may know at this point. Even one can just spin back a matter of years, perhaps a matter of minutes, to the last time that one's consciousness was off. And maybe it's not as far off as someone holding, you know, being high on some substance holding a shotgun against the heart of a police detective. That's going pretty far. Maybe we're not that far off. But f from where we stand, we're still not where we should be. And so the poor souls who find themselves that far into delusion are just making their way. You know, we've all been through it. A favorite phrase, which you're going to hear a lot from me, is one I just heard recently. Every saint has a past, and every sinner has a future. Because those who become great, great in goodness, great in spirituality, maybe in this incarnation they were born that way. But they were born that way because of all the incarnations in which they constantly put out the focus, discipline, effort to become that way. And that's what everyone around us is doing. And this is our sole responsibility in life. When Mother Teresa of Calcutta, when someone said to her, people call you a saint, what do you think about that? And I suppose they expected some kind of a humble denial. And she, she looked at the journalist and said, and why don't they call you a saint? Why aren't you one? That was her response. This is who we're meant to be. And, and if I'm closer to it, it's only because of my effort and what are you doing with your life? So think about what Swamiji says here. Hold kindness in your heart for everyone. Blame nobody for the mistakes he commits. Reflect. All human beings are struggling to find their way out of the jungle of delusion. Joy to you, my friends. 
Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.